At 14 years old, Sean Mendez picked up a guitar. His first lesson ended with him quitting because the music teacher refused to teach him an Ed Sheeran song early on. That night, he went home, watched a YouTube video, learned how to play it, and the next day, posted his first cover. Until I put that first video up on YouTube, I didn't know I could do that. And until I wrote that first song, I didn't realize I could write music. I would have just said, I can't do it. Or I'm not one of the people. Oh, that's not for me. I've been shaking, I love it when you go crazy. You take all my inhibitions, baby, there's nothing holding me back. After a few of his covers went viral, he arranged a small fan meetup in Toronto. That night, he wrote his first original song. Baby, there's nothing holding me back. Sean soon signed with Island Records, where he released his first studio album. Handwritten would debut at the top of the Billboard charts, making Sean just one of five artists under the age of 18 to ever do so. You watch me beat it till I can't breathe. Just one year later, the arrival of Sean's sophomore album would prove his commercial success wasn't a fluke. With hits like Treat You Better and There's Nothing Holding Me Back, Illuminate would also debut at number one. Cause I know I can treat you better than he can, and any girl like you deserves a And that was just the beginning. Over the next four years, Sean would go on three world tours, put out two documentaries, and release two more albums, both of which, of course, would debut at number one. Everything means nothing if I can't have you. In 2021, Shawn Mendes holds the record for the youngest male artist to have four albums top the Billboard 200 in all of history. Having just turned 23, Shawn's passion for songwriting is as strong as ever, as he lends his talents to not only his music, but others, most recently receiving a writing credit from Taylor Swift and Dan and Shay. It was the summer of... My name is Eric Zachary. This is the Spout Podcast, where famous people spout up about more than they're famous for. And today, that's Sean Mendez. Sean, what's up, man? How are you? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Where are you at in the world right now? Are you in New York? <laughs> I'm in New York. I'm looking out over the Brooklyn Bridge. It's beautiful. Jealous. I was just at. A, I was just in Dumbo a couple of days ago. It's oh, a yeah. view that will never get old, man. No, Dumbo is pretty, pretty amazing. Hey, man. Uh, we haven't talked in. I don't know, three, four years. I think it was like a series of jingle balls again and again and again. And now uh, a lot has changed for you and for the world. <laughs> That's pretty grand statement. Yeah. Just a mild, you know, there's been a few yeah, uh, life been changes. a mild change. Yeah. Well, I, I want to jump right into kind of what seems to kick off both of our days, but also during quarantine, you know, one of the more iconic photos, I think, of celebs and singers during everything COVID was you and Camila always going for your daily walk with a, yeah. a mug of coffee and whatnot. And it's funny because like, you know, as a 20 something, right, I don't think we've ever decided to just go for a stroll as much as we have in the last year. Oh, yeah. Everyone was walking. It, it was, was, it like was all that you could it, do. It was the but it was nice. It's like it, it really became like so important to just like walk around. It was nice to feel a part of like a a home and have a daily routine like that. Yeah. Well, speaking of then, uh, let's talk coffee because, you know, the, the coffee mug became iconic. I mean, is it coffee? Was, was it so tea? Funny. What was it? It was always, it was always coffee. Okay. It was just, like, yeah, like a different coffee. I mean, I was getting really into the coffee mug. It, things were very zoomed in in that time period. I was like yeah. waking up in the morning and I was like, what? 
which coffee mug am I today? Like the, there was like a, a few of like these, like there was like a matte green, a matte blue, a matte red. I was like, which coffee mug am I today? And, I, you know, it was getting really weird. <laughs> Is it like a, a Keurig option or are you actually like brewing old school or? No, I, I, I was brewing a, a, Chem, a Chemex coffee. I was ordering from a coffee spot called Verve in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. I was getting really technical about it and it was really, it was just like everything to me, you know, it was my whole, it was, I'd go to bed super excited for that moment. Yeah, I, I get that though. I mean, sometimes like, it, and it almost brings a sense of peace too in all this uncertainty when you get to go to bed and you go, I already know what's going to make me feel better tomorrow morning. Yeah, a drug, it's called caffeine. <laughs> has the technicality of it kept up or is it now that you're back on the road and, and moving around is it is it starbucks what is it yeah i'm, I'm probably I, I think i'm a bit of a coffee snob to be honest with you okay but but at the same time like sometimes when you're like in a hotel and there's like that coffee out of the the, the hot pot and it's like yeah. at the bottom right before you walk out the door like those are nice too like i'm i'm a coffee snob who can appreciate all types of coffee because they all they all are great honestly it's really the drug that is the best part about it which is caffeine which really helps in the day. <laughs> it's funny because I never drank coffee at all before, you know, I really got into like the TV side of things before we started mm. having those 4 a.m. call times. Yeah. It's like, I can't drink a Red Bull at four in the morning. I will actually die. No, I also throw up the amount of sugar in that. It just feels sickening. Well, now that we are, you know, I, I say this very hesitantly. Obviously, we still move forward with a lot of caution. But, you know, you have the new song release, Summer of Love, which we're excited about. We got to see some of the video clips of you celebrating the birthday. Happy belated. By the way, thanks, man. I want to talk towards the future a little bit because we're right at the two year mark of the Sean Mendez Foundation. So it, it was almost mm. exactly two years to the day. And you guys have done incredible things from helping the Australian wildfire crisis, from donating to Toronto uh, Sick Kids Foundation for COVID-19 supplies, the, the Changemaker Award at TIFF. And let me let me present this as, as concisely as I can. What I really love about your foundation specifically a lot of charity foundations will zoom in microscopically at one problem, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what I like is it seems that the Sean Mendes Foundation kind of goes, hey, let us help people who are already trying to change the world. However, we can assist. Totally. That's the way we want to help. 100%. I think always the, the goal has been about educating people on how to help at the same time, like raising money to, to fund any type of charity we can. Mm -hmm. And now even more than ever, especially when it comes to things like climate change or really anything, our main focus is supporting and funding activists and kind of just really being there to support the people who lives have been dedicated to this and also who know what they're doing and, and who are really doing things on a, on a serious level. Because a lot of the time, I think um, I just really don't know how to help or what to, what to do but these people do and so being able to support them and fund them and be there for what they need is and give them a platform give them a megaphone give them a voice is like probably the most effective thing i can do at the moment um and it's just been a really amazing process just learning what is actually effective and what isn't effective what is just like looks like it's doing a lot and what actually is doing a lot and the truth is is that so much change is happening from these grassroots organizations of kids in cities who put everything they have into this. So being able to support and fund those kind of activists has been really 
important. It's not an easy life being an activist. Like you're fighting against something that every day is basically telling you it's worthless to fight against and it's exhausting and it feels like you just want to give up. And so I don't wake up every day and do that. I do something different. I, I wake up and have the outpour of love that I get from the world. And, and I, and I just hope that the foundation can, can just support, support those people, you know? Yeah. You nailed it with, with activism. The hardest thing about it is there is no switch that changes it overnight. There is no easy way to just fix and help immediately. No. Sure. There's things you can do to assist, but you know, that's, that comes with self-education that comes with uh, changing habits, changing others mind in the most effective way possible, not speaking at them, explaining to them. It also comes with a lot, a lot of time a lot of time too. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I, I've obviously, you know, kept up on the podcast. I'm a huge, huge fan of Dak Shepard and I love your conversation with him. Oh, thanks, man. It's cool to see. I'm sure I'm not trying to be overly um, giving of accolades because I know that can make people feel uncomfortable, but it's just very cool to see how much work you've done on yourself. And in and, and turn, you know, it causes people like me that, you know, it's my job to keep up with celebrities and music. It makes me want to work on myself, too. And, and it's just an ever-changing effect. But that that kind of comes with what we were talking about, right? Change doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. So with that, you know, we're two years into the foundation. In the next two years, what are what are the goals? I mean, I think, like, we're in, like, a pretty seriously tough time. Especially, like, I mean, I can't even say especially, but, like, even, like, like focusing on climate change for a second, it's, like, this is like a really crazy period. And I think like for me, it's trying to figure out how to influence government to make change and, and how mm -hmm. to fund and support activists because they're working like in their cities and their communities and kind of it, the second you can start influencing entire communities to stand behind something, you can start influencing cities and states and um, worldwide. And I think like, just kind of being here to be a megaphone for what needs to be said. And then in any chance I get just like be on top of what's going on. I mean, I think the thing about our foundation and my team is they're very reactive, like anything that's happening in the world and anything that kind of opens up and needs assistance, my team is on top of. So it, it's, it's a continuation of that and supporting and not only supporting, but like, um, <clears throat> shedding light on those activists and, and putting them in the spotlight for a second and, and kind of telling them like how amazing this is and keeping that rolling, you know. You have a quote that I think you, you attribute to a friend of yours, but I've heard you say it a couple of times and I love this, that, you know, when you're making fun of yourself, taking yourself too seriously, you're the lead actor of a movie called Life. Mm. I don't think I've assimilated to a quote more. So, you know, as someone that you're, you're in the spotlight for, for an art, but you're also in the spotlight for your activism and, and for your helping in the world. How do you balance knowing when to take things seriously enough as opposed to like, okay, maybe I'm not the best voice for this. Maybe I need to let someone take over my social media channel. I think it's listening. It's just like about listening and like really paying attention to what people around you are saying, not only people around you, but just people, you know, mm -hmm. the last thing I ever try to do in any of those situations is assume that I know better. And I think that's gotten me to a good place. And like I said, listening and, and the second it's not, it doesn't feel right amongst a, a camp of really truthful, honest people, then you, you pivot and you do what does feel right, you know? Yeah. This episode of The Spot Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
This world that we're living in isn't easy. Doesn't matter who you are. We're all dealing with our own level of depression or anxiety or stress or trauma, just trying to make it day by day. And that's okay. But you shouldn't have to do that alone. That's where BetterHelp comes in, right? They're not a crisis line. This isn't self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. You can send a message off anytime to your licensed counselor, and you're going to get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, whatever you prefer, whatever's the easiest way for you to connect with someone. That's what BetterHelp is, a sounding board. Licensed professional counselors who specialize in these things that we're dealing with day by day. Everything you share is confidential. It's convenient. It's professional. And it's affordable. It can be hard to admit, but if you're like me, sometimes you just need to talk to someone. And that doesn't mean a family member or a friend. That means someone that knows what they're doing and that has an unbiased professional desire to help. So if you're like me and you want to start living a happier life today, right now, you can get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor, betterhelp.com slash spout. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash spout. To, to lighten it and to go off of that a little bit, you know, you've obviously had so many incredible influences in the industry because you did start so young. And I love that you credit um, a lot of the the good advice as far as songwriting and, and how you've pursued things to Ed Sheeran. And he has this famous, famous, famous quote where, you know, whenever you're songwriting, uh, it's kind of like an old water spout, right? You have dirty water that has to come yeah. out first, then clean water. Now, you just, in addition to everything you're working on right now, you are a credited songwriter on Dan and Shay's new song, Body Language, from their new album. Yeah. How does it not get too frustrating knowing like, okay, I haven't written in a second. I'm rusty. I got to get through this. And how does that change when you're writing for yourself as opposed to with or for other people? I mean, the thing about writing is that I feel like no matter how badly you want to write something good, you don't really get to choose, you know? And for me, art comes from the purest form of just like, I'm feeling this way instead of I'm thinking this way. You, you, it, it's got to just be coming from a place of this is how I'm feeling and or something that even feels cathartic is always when it's the best art to me. Um, it, I, I agree with, with Ed though, because it, it does feel like a dirty spout of water and it's like dirty, 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 clean, dirty, 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 clean. And like, Sometimes you just have to, I mean, be about that because it's all part of a process at the same time while we make music to release it. We also make music because it's fun and we make music because it's a skill and you get better at it. And so just like you would practice for a sport, it's like practicing songwriting, you know? I'm glad you, you said that, you know, because I was talking to Ed a couple of weeks ago when Bad Habits came out and he said, yeah. it's weird when you're writing so much and when you're putting out music because, you know, music's a hobby to him. When your hobby becomes your job, you then do it every day and then it gets to a point where you're like oh i need a break but then you have a break and then what do you do of course with that said you know you're kind of known for having a lot of at least what you share with the world random habits you know from juggling to i saw the archery video that you posted have you kept up on those are, are you the kind of person that likes to tr try new things every week no not at all i mean i think the real reality is that i i struggle to put down the guitar and I struggle to figure out what to do besides my job and besides music. And I like, am just completely obsessed with it. So for better, or for worse, I am searching for a hobby at the moment. But like, I think that for me, it's just like exploring, like all those things are just exploring for me. And, and I think mm -hmm. that something's probably going to click sooner or later, but 
for, until then I'm going to stick to coffee and working out and, and working out most days. <laughs> walk, walk me through the process though. When you are looking for something new, I mean, is it as simple as you see something that catches your eye on the street or how, how have in the past have you jumped on newer hobbies? I mean, de- definitely archery was from watching all seasons of game of Thrones. And that was just trying to live out a Rob Stark life. <laughs> I love that. That's Okay, so you know, I gotta ask them: Were you were you happy with how Game of Thrones ended? Or I mean, it was definitely odd. Like there was a there was a couple moments that felt odd, but at the same time, like who cares? Because the whole season was phenomenal, and like the whole sorry, the whole series was phenomenal. Like it was the most I've ever enjoyed watching TV in my life. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and, and talk about the final show because in the grand scheme of things, that show was mind blowing. It was it was perfect when you look at it all as one. Yeah, it's so true. So if you were asked hypothetically here, let's you know, they're working on the prequel. Let's or let's say 20 years down the line, they do a a reunion friend style for Game of Thrones. And you were asked to be involved in any capacity that you wanted. Would you want that to be from a music perspective? Would you want to try something new? How would you want to be involved in that? I mean, I mean, I always think at some point I'm going to write music for a film or a series. I think that would be amazing, kind of like how Eddie Vedder did uh, Into the Wild. I always thought that was really beautiful. But yeah, I mean, I always love to be a part of stuff like that musically would be really cool. cool. Curious. Maybe maybe we could make that happen. I, I think you should maybe do. So, I'm saying this like, you know, I'm, I'm an executive producer on Game of Thrones, but you can show off your archery skills, too. Of yeah, I, I want to touch on social media. And I, I know that this is something you're probably asked about a lot, but I think that at least what I've heard you say in the past and, and you've gotten to dive into cut the conversations is so very helpful to anyone that's a part of it. Right. And it's this thing that it's this necessary evil in terms of, um, happiness in some aspects in terms of promotion but then there's this weird stigma where it puts people on a pedestal whether they want to be or not and i kind of wanted to get some thoughts on this because you just tweeted the other day you know sorry i've been kind of absent i've had an unhealthy relationship but i'm better at balancing it now yeah how how are you better at balancing it i think in a lot of ways i surrender to the fact that social media is part of the culture and it's a beautiful part of the culture and i enjoy it a lot more and i kind of just allow myself to be swept up in the fun of social media but i have to remind myself that it's just numbers and pictures at the end of the day like none of that is a representation of my worth or who who i am as a person and i think that is something that i'm constantly struggle with struggling with and i think a lot of people are struggling with and you have to be able to sign out you know it's it's just important and that's i think the balance is is engaging and having fun and and reaping the and the fun of social media but but signing out when you when you close your phone and realizing like none of that actually defines you know you at all right as someone that got their start on vine and you see a lot of comparison between vine and tiktok in my opinion the two very different platforms what do you wish tiktok had more of and what do you wish it had less of I mean, I really am not one to say. Honestly, I think it's hilarious. I think the app is genius. And I think that like the the singers on the app are, are amazing and mind blowing. The, the, the trends, the comedians, like it's hilarious. And I, it took, I would not bend to TikTok for so long. And I bent over the last couple of months and I've bent far. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, nah, I'm good. I think everyone ironically got on it at some point. At least yeah, in our ironic, age range. it was ironically, yeah. and they, they're like, oh, "I'll just see whatever," you know. 
Right. And what's the worst everyone, that could happen? Yeah. What's yeah. the worst that could happen? I'm, you're scrolling for four hours and you, for, your feet are asleep. Yeah. Before you know it, you're doing the question bump, 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 bump. Yeah. Bump, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, I've been there. I've been there. Coming back real fast to the balance side of it, because here's the difference between, you know, the general public or myself and you when you, when I open Twitter or Instagram, I open those things going, do I have any updates? Do I have any notifications? You, it's an almost certainty that you do. So are you reminding yourself to put yourself in a good headspace each and every time you open it? Or is it just more of a check-in every couple of weeks? No, I'm checking it all day long. I mean, I I, I, I hate to say that, but I, I am. And um, I go through phases where I'm, I like don't need to check it for a few days. Um, but I think so. I think that I'm just checking it out of habit sometimes. And I'm just checking it because I'm curious about what's happening on the on the Insta world. Well, as we look forward to what comes next, um, you know, coming back to the Ed Sheeran advice, you know, the biggest advice in the world that he gave you is take breaks, you know, mm. take time for yourself. And obviously we, we were all forced to take breaks and time for ourselves over the last year. But now let's say fast forward in a year and a half, you know, God willing, we, we beat every aspect of this and you do get to go on that adventure somewhere. Do you have have you been working on thinking of areas to go? Are you following his lead? Um, I've traveled a lot through tour, so I don't need to like travel that far. I think it's just about where I travel. I'd love to go spend some time in Italy or Spain. Cool. Um, I just find them very inspiring countries. But I, maybe be, I mean, it'd be a dream to spend a month in Spain. There you go. I am so appreciative of the time. I'm so excited to see what's coming. Excited for the single coming out too. And Thanks, then every. Man everything else that's in the future. And I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Thank of course. You. Thank you guys. Appreciate you. See more of our conversation with Sean Mendez at spout underscore podcast on IG and Twitter or at spoutpodcast.com. Next week, Anthony Ramos spouts off. I think sometimes we associate like generosity with like, I won't like, I don't have enough. So or, or generosity is all of, like we associate generosity solely with just money or like finances or things. But I'm like generosity comes from time, like effort, love. Like that's all generosity. You don't need to have money to be generous. Be sure to listen to the Spout Podcast every Thursday night at nine on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Spout Podcast is presented by Alpha Media, produced by Gorilla Sound, and created by Phil Becker. Spout.